Boys and girls, moms and dads, welcome to episode 13 of Pin to Pin, the volleyball podcast. The lucky number 13, Danger Will. You ready for this? I am. My name is Ryan Tolman. I'm your host. My my co-host here to my right is Danger Will Robinson, our producer behind the screen over there, Noah Cotterman. We're back the, again. The unlucky number 13. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. Will says we're back. If you if you know dates and things, it's because we Today is eleven sixteen. Our last time was six. Seven six or no six. Six dash it was late June. Late June or late July, yeah, right? It's no. Been, it's been a minute. It was yeah, I think it was July actually 2nd, July first or second. Yeah, was it so the last one. We're not very good at being on schedule. We had some producer issues, so the computer was giving us fits, but we're back. Hopefully you're watching us on YouTube. If you're not watching us on YouTube, you don't get to see our handsome faces. Uh, but if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, welcome in. We're excited to have you. Um, episode 13. Are you superstitious, Will? No, just a little stitches. Not, yes. There it is, Got man. it. That's it. Michael Scott in the house. Of course, Noah doesn't know anything about the office. Yeah. No, neither, neither, neither would Andrew Yamashiro. <laughs> that's okay. We, we don't have cool. Yeah. I do, and that's all right. Um, or, or, no, but for reals, do you have any superstitions as a coach, or, or did you have any no. as a player? No, Noah. Uh, I did not. I just kind of did my thing. They talk about volleyball players being superstitious, but I don't know many that are. I mean, I know my boys don't cut their hair during the season. They think that's bad luck. Okay. But that's a that Dax kind of started that way. He cut his hair one season and then that, I like, still don't stuff think fell he apart. has cut his hair. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> well, he, <laughs> <laughs> he needs a haircut for sure. Speaking of haircut, I need one too. I'm not. I'm Same not going. Mine's getting long. Um, I don't know. Like, not don't wash your socks. Don't wash your knee pads. Uh, who knows? I just. Don't I mean, have I any. never really washed my knee pads, but that wasn't a superstition. That was just a lazy. lazy. That was just yeah. kind of like my mom was like, "All right, they stink. I'm yeah, go throw them in the pool or something." Oh, There's the a lot pool. of people that Chlorine. have to wear like <laughs> the same socks. Uh-huh. They have to tape their fingers in a certain order. Uh-huh. They have to do like they have to eat. They have to eat something, uh-huh. or they have to drink something. Like, I guess I've never thing. been really a superstitious. I think person. it's just a lot to think about. I have other things to think about than <laughs> more going my, on. my routine yeah. to get ready for something. Yeah, like that. I, I kind of feel like I have lucky shoes and then I'll wear a pair of shoes that I think are lucky and we'll lose. I'm like, well, there goes you, you, you was, was, that that was the gray socks you or is that somebody else? No, not me. No, somebody mm-hmm. else. Okay. Somebody I was talking to said they always got to wear gray socks on big game. Oh, wow. I don't know. Why. No, I don't. Oh, man. No. Very weird. <laughs> All right. Um, it's Noah time. It is Noah time. We do not have an answer to last episode's trivia question because there was not last episode trivia question. We were in. Because Noah wasn't there, so it yeah, wouldn't be a good trivia. We were in trivia. Vegas for Boys Nationals, and he wasn't there, so we decided not to steal his thunder. So it's thunder time. Noah, what do you got for us this week? What is our new trivia question? Well, I didn't get to do that. Noah's trivia of the week. Um, <laughs> the question this week is what was the first year that the libero position was introduced to NCAA women's volleyball? Uh, 2007. I, it's way too late, bud. <laughs> in high school, it did not. It got introduced in about in Arizona. It got introduced in about 0405. Maybe maybe a little earlier than that. Actually, I lie. The libero was there around before that. They could serve. In about 04 was the first year that I think the libero in Arizona could serve. I think it's it's mid nineties for the NCAA. I know the answer, so I'm not. Yeah, gonna no, give you, it. you always yeah, know you the know. answer. Yeah, no, it's I, Noah's trivia of yeah. the week. Yeah. I would say yeah. 
I would probably agree with you. Yeah, I'm trying to think about high I'm gonna school. Pick, I'm going to pick a date or not date. Look, May 12, 1995. I would say wow. nine, I would say 95. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think about when I was in high school, right? I graduated in 96 and I watched a lot of volleyball, but back then my knowledge of volleyball was your eye minimal. Well, do you remember seeing a person in a different color dream? I don't recall. Ah. Okay, but, but listen, how much a teenage boy, volleyball? A teenage boy at a volleyball match wasn't paying attention but to the girl. But you also were not watching jersey. NCAA. Did you go to ACU game? Well, so no. I, I mean, I rarely watched NCAA women's volleyball. You still don't before two thousand, yeah, and you still don't sixteen maybe. But I watched some women's volleyball. Don't give me that, don't give me that bad rap. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah, I'm going ninety five. What are 95? you going? Ninety five. I mean, if this is the price is right, closest without going over, I'll go 96 and then I win, right? Damn it. <laughs> you got I, me. I, yeah, something like that. We'll find out next episode. Hopefully this next episode's not forever away and we don't take... I think we're going to do a good job after this. I feel good vibes. You got a short day on Wednesdays. Yeah, we're... I think we can make it work. We're good. We're going to figure do. it out. So I next do. episode, answer coming. Do we have any feedback, comments, or anything from past guests, Noah? We do not. Okay, because we're not haven't been on yeah, YouTube for a couple of episodes. It'd be cool if Spotify added like a a comment like section. a comment section yeah. or something like that. You know. Yeah. All right. So maybe if they have email. anything, DM us on Instagram. Send an email. Comments. I have a comment. What's your comment? We we need we need to be more efficient with the computer. Every time we turn it on, it seems to do something different. We, it's tough to say we. Are you throwing no under the bus right now? Hey, all I'm saying I mean, is I turn this computer on every time here, and it so works. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I, I, right? No, yep. see, I feel bad because I just sit here by the mic. Max and, are you know. dumb. I will go out on a limb and say it. Oh, Max are We've dumb. We've got comments coming on that. <laughs> all right, let's get into the show. You ready? Topic. What is our topic of the show today, Will? Accountability. Accountability. And why did we choose accountability? What a, what a buzzword, because it's the it's greatest ability. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about what, in the coaching world, you get all these buzzwords, culture, accountability, et cetera. Yeah. Accountability is a good one. It's a buzzword. One. It was like and the we first haven't talked about it. It was the first one we threw out there, like being accountable, having accountability as a coach, a player, a parent, right, whatever it is. We're going to talk about a little bit of all of that today. I think accountability is probably one of the more important parts to being a great athlete. Great athlete, great um, team, great person, etc. Yeah. So let's map it out a little bit. I got a couple of quotes. I could not decide which quote I liked more. Which whatever quote you like more is the one you're gonna say in the whatever you know what I mean? I don't know which one I like more is the problem. That's why well, the, you're a that's basketball why we have guy, two. so I think you need to do his Okay. Yep. So Doc Rivers once said average players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached. Great players want to be told the truth. How does that apply to accountability? Oof. Well, I just like that because I think a lot of coaches like sugarcoating. So I like that. That's, that's, they don't want to upset their players. They don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to. Well, because, uh, I mean, on any team you coach, you're going to have a range of average to good to great, right? Skill-wise, yeah. And like ability. Sure. Yeah. So each kid's probably going to need something different. I love it because I think accountability is being able to hear the truth and accept it for, for, for being true. And, and then, then being willing to change. Yeah. Holding yourself responsible for right. your actions or. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably the, the key here with, with what doc rivers is saying is accountable players are the great ones because the truth matters to them. 
And it might hurt for a little bit, but then they kind of take a step back and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. Or I, think even, great, I guess you, they don't even need to agree, do like they? If you, no, well, no, not necessarily. But, I mean, I think if you're a coach, a co- if you're a coachable person, maybe you agree to a certain extent. But, um, you know, Doc Rivers is coaching men. Very different than coaching teenagers. You know, sometimes you tell a teenager the truth and it's the end of the world. It is the worst thing they've ever heard because they're so young. <laughs> you didn't play well today. Oh my gosh. Oh. Coach thinks, coach hates me forever. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, you passed a one five. Like yeah. that's not good. Statistically, <laughs> you just didn't do your job and the great ones will be like, you know what coach, you're right. What can I do to fix it? Right. What? Yeah. What are some tools? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Read the other one. Bad teams. No one leads. Good teams, coaches lead, but elite teams, player leads, players lead. PJ Fleck. And who's PJ Fleck? Minnesota Golden Gophers football coach. Yeah, I never knew. I didn't know who that was. Young guy, real energetic. He's incredible. Um, I think I've seen one of his like press conferences. Yeah, he's, he's very smart. I like this a lot. I think a lot of um, my coaching is similar to that. I think if anything, I don't talk enough. And that's because I want my players to do all that talking. Yeah. Example in timeouts, when I first started coaching, I would dominate them. Mm-hmm. And now I rarely say anything other than a big, big rock. Right. Because I think the players need to have ownership, accountability for what's going on out there. And then when they start to do that, the standard will always be higher than when I'm holding their hand. And that's mm-hmm. a conversation I actually have with my kids. Because at the beginning of a season, they can get like, you don't care about us or you don't, you're not coaching, you're not coaching us. (laughs) And I'm like, no guys, I coach you in practice. Like that's where I'm doing my coaching. Right. Um, your hair's doing a lot of fun stuff. Was it doing some things? I adjusted the headphones. That was a bold move. We got, (laughs) well, they were uncomfortable. I got to get right. That's why it's because I think the teams that are thinking about their actions and holding each other accountable for their actions instead of a coach doing it, I, I think will always be better than a coach holding their hand. I agree. Um, it's hard to do it though. Cause yeah. it's hard cause you, they, you have to the, literally let them fail. Sure. And you have to sit back and you're like, Oh geez. I can't believe they're saying that right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have uh, to at practice. Hey, what should we say? What should we not say? The first time every, every year with a new team, when I get in a huddle and I ask them, so what do you think? You get these big eyes. <laughs> they're like, uh, Silence. Why is the coach asking he, us what's going on? What do you mean, coach? Like, yeah. well, you guys are out there playing. You have a pretty good idea of what's going on. I'm over here. Yeah, tell me what you think. What's happening out there? Well, and this is the first answer every time. Because I think this is what I want to hear. Well, yeah. we, we need to communicate better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every time. And they're probably not wrong. But uh, there are times when good communication still doesn't win games, right? Like, because yeah, you, you can. Commu- well, I I still think the best team, one of the best teams I've ever seen, was Kyle Lukoa, and this was maybe pre. Your, do you remember this team? Mm-hmm. So this is a team with like Larry Tualeta, Micah Ma, and Enriquez. Which Enriquez brother was it, Noah? And he's throwing Evan. stuff out. He he's- was he he went to Stanford. That Hawaiian team didn't say words. They didn't talk and they were amazing. Yeah. So that was one time, like I brought one of my teams. I was, I was like, Hey, watch these guys. And the, like, they all started being like, coach, they don't talk. <laughs> hey guys, they've been playing together since they were like eight. So it's a little different. Yeah. But. Right. <laughs> Can't confirm it was Evan. It was Evan. Okay. Yeah. He's a Stanford guy. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about accountability. I found this, I found this on the internet. Did a little, just a little search. Just yeah, to kind of. And at um, Noah, can we get that? 
on the this what is the, the graph the graphic picture the graphic. Yeah, graphic. Yeah, like a, yeah i'm sure we can yes yeah, i could probably the, do something um, what if we just put it up right now yeah flash it on there for no. flashing it <laughs> so it's a it's a graphic that talks about the line of accountability and there's you're either above the line or you're below the line obviously you want to be above it you want to be above, okay, be above right. it right so we want to be above it and that's where you're holding yourself accountable and there's four things that that it stresses here that i found super interesting to be above the line um and i don't know if they're in any particular order um I think it's probably yeah, I'm looking reverse at it. of how I have it written on our show sheet. <laughs> so see it, own it, solve it, do it. You did. I think it is that order. I think probably that order. Right. So first thing in order to be accountable as a, as a player, as a coach, as a person. Okay. Right. Like accountability happens in all aspects of our life, but obviously we're going to talk about it from a coach perspective towards kids. So if you're coaching and you're trying to get better at coaching and you want to help your kids more, be more accountable, this is one way to look at it. If you're a player listening, you this know, still applies this, to is, you. this definitely applies to you because now you're going to know what approach maybe your coach might take. And if you're a parent sitting on the sideline, um, I think parents can be accountable, a lot more accountable while watching their kids play. Um, you know, like you, you got to make sure you understand your kid's place within the team and the grand scheme of things. Not everybody's kids D1, right? Well, and if your kid makes a, a great play, good job. But don't always remember the great plays your well, kid makes. You just got all they remember. Yeah. And uh, that's Sorry, the rose color glad yeah. that I get it. All right. So let's start with see it. Um, accountable players probably see it on their own more than anything. But if somebody points it out to you and you see a problem. You know, the next step would then be to own it. How would you own it? I guess that's the big question of the day. How do you own those mistakes? Well, you need to make sure that you're you're very comfortable in your, your own skin and your ego doesn't get in the way of whatever is being told to you. And that's very tricky. That's very, very hard to do because at times you don't want to be told things that you maybe actually do know. Right. You know what I mean? And and when they those do get told to you, it can be kind of hard kind of hurt but then over time i think that's what athletes get really good at is they realize that this is going to make me better so they don't take it personally right and they take it more in that perfect that's what i that's how i frame it to my kids is guys i don't hate you i hate your volleyball kind of thing because that's what our kids always say is mm -hmm. coach hates me um so i say professionally this is what you need to do better professionally means like on the court in the practice, all that. And then personally would be like who you are as a person. Right. And two I'm separate not, things. two separate things. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. But once they understand, you've got to like kind of, you know, separate them. It's right. a lot better. Yeah. For me, owning it, um, can come in a couple of different ways, right? Like, you know, a kid comes up to you and says, Hey coach, I'm going to be, I'm going to be gone for whatever my parents taking me out of town you know i go to a wedding whatever they're they're gonna miss own it right walk up to a coach with confidence and and tell the coach this is what's going on in my life what's usually it's the, the repercussion of missing well i mean every team's a little bit different yeah, right like what's the you know usual you might thing? you might have to sit out yeah. uh, the first part of a match or a whole match whatever if you miss practice but like I, the, the 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 accountable kids are the ones that understand you know, like the process, they understand where 
how this all works and then you own it, right? Like, so that would be one example of owning it. Like coach, I know I'm, I know I'm going to be gone and I, and I understand the consequences and I'm okay with whatever happens. And, and I think that's the, then moves us into the solve it issue, right? Like so I, I absolutely love problem solving athletes. Good because we're coaches. Oh my gosh. Like I don't want to problem solve for all of them all the time and accountable athletes can, can look for those solutions on their own. Solving it is probably for me, the biggest, well, the last one's probably the biggest component of, of, of our action, line of accountability, it, but putting it into action, action, doing yeah. it, you know, is probably the biggest part of that. But I mean, you got to have a solution. And I think all too often coaches are just giving solutions yep. as opposed to helping kids That's find teaching solutions versus telling or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Accountable kids are going to try to find those solutions on their own, and, and then and then they'll get, they're going to ask questions and be okay with the answer. The kids who aren't accountable are going to just be the ones that want to be told, right? Like like Doc Rivers says, the ones that you know, the good players just want to be coached. Well, that's that's just telling you what the, how to solve the problem. I think yeah. if I look at what coaching is, it's it's telling kids how to solve the problem on their own. Yeah, and right? then sometimes though a, a kid will. And I, this is what I think is really cool is when the athlete comes up to you and is like, Hey, I, I've tried this, 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 and this, and I still don't get it. Can I, can you give me some more ideas? You know, I love I mean? that. Yeah. And that, that's, they're, they're trying. Right. And, and this is the, I've used all my resources. I need more. Right. You got it. And man. they've done I, yeah. and, and they put it into practice. Yeah. That's how you stay above that accountability line is you continue to improve and put it into practice. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm looking at these boys on the wall here behind you, all these kids that I have coached boys and girls, but um, mostly boys that I can see at the moment, but, um, you know, and I think about each one of them and, and I, I, you know, I could probably give you a pretty good analysis of whether or not they were accountable. Um, and I think the least accountable kids are the ones in this, on this wall and in general that have come up to me at different times and said, Hey coach, what do I got to do to play more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, as a coach, yeah. worst question you're ever going to get. Not a great question. You know, and it's tough even because how, that's what they think is the right, right. question, but it's, it's not, you know, what's <laughs> evolved. You know what it's evolved into is it's evolved into, hey, um, how can I help the team? Oh, that, that's <laughs> right? how it's evolved. I haven't heard that. Have one you not yet. heard that no, one? Yeah. I, that's I'm where not. it's gone because I think enough people have become savvy to this whole, like, you know, what do I got to do to play? Yeah. Well, you got to be better than the person out there. But and that's a kid that, who's not holding themselves accountable because I think if they really if they really dug deep into this whole notion of accountability and understanding where they they sit, they wouldn't ask that question because they would know they would know their role that they're not where they need to be. They would know they need to improve more. They would see it. They would own it. Yeah, I'm not good enough to play right now. That's why that kid's playing instead of me. Yeah, right. So that question wouldn't would never even get asked. And then that kind of pushes back towards the parent accountability side, right? When your kid comes home and is like, Hey, you know, I'm not playing and they're frustrated and they wonder why. And, and you're in the uh, most parents. And I, I don't know, most, I don't, I'm sorry if I offend somebody who listens to our podcast, please come back and listen again. But, um, most of these parents are going to try to, you know, console and, help and justify their kid. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm so sorry, buddy. Like 
I don't think you should be sitting the bench either. Your coach just likes that kid better, doesn't know enough. Favorites. Yeah, yeah, has they, favorites. They got favorites, man. All of a sudden, all that accountability that your kid just tried to work towards to get is out the window, and yours as a parent is gone. Yeah. Right? See that your kid is needs improvement. Understand that they, you know, they, they want, they need to be coached to yeah, get better and, and they and need don't to fall own it into and the pity party. Man, it's tough. It's tough because it's as, as a parent, as a coach, it's really hard to see your kids fail. Mm -hmm. but that's when they get really good. <laughs> if you frame it the right way. Well, right. If you don't frame it the right way and you do the pity party routine over and over again. Yeah. Then when they get to the real world, it's going to be brutal. It's tough. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> that real world slaps yeah. them in the face yes, pretty quick. Yes, it does. All right. Hey, let's go below the line. Ooh. Below the line is um, there's a series of different things. that. Let's that, see if we did this one in order. I, I don't know if there's an order. Do you think there's an order to this one, Will? I don't know that there's necessarily I, an order. I don't order. think there is either. I think these yeah. are just traits, negative right. traits. Yeah. Traits that will that will prevent you from, and we've already talked about some of these, right? Traits that will prevent you from being an accountable person. Yeah. The wait and see. The wait and see. Yeah. How, how, yeah how do we, um, you don't, you're not, you're not actively engaged. You're in hoping changing it just comes. things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and, and wait and see what happens. Yeah. Um, confusion. This is the one I like the most yeah. probably. Tell me what to do. Yeah. And that's the question that, that they, what do I need to do to play? That's the question that, that is, there's I feel confusion like we need there. to start just saying it right back to them. What do you think you need to do to play? <laughs> just turn it on. They'll be like, well, yeah. what, what skills do you think you're really good at that are better than the kids in front of you? <laughs> well, I mean, like I've, I've had, I don't get it very often anymore because I tell the kids right up front. If you ask me that you're, you're sunk, right? <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation. Um, but I look at some of these kids who have asked me in the past that, and, and they will say like, I think I am better than so-and-so. Yeah. And they don't have, but then, but they I, don't have X, Y, well, and Z. Why do you yeah. think that? Why well, do, well, cause I just do. Cause my ego, <laughs> cause my mom tells me there I it am. is. Yep. <laughs> my best friend on the team tells me, I, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, this next one is classic. It's not my job, right? The in volleyball, if you've, if you've been around long enough or you've coached or whatever, you've, you've also received this question. Was that my ball? <laughs> Let's just go for it first. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. That was yours and everybody else's ball who let that ball drop. Yeah. Was that my ball? And somebody said it once. I, I, I shouldn't quote people without knowing who it came from, but where did I hear this from? Gosh, I don't remember. I'd rather see two dead people than one dead ball. Meaning, oh, okay. meaning like, yeah. let's just die for each, yeah. like, go for it. Like, I don't, if you crash into each other, the ball's up. I think it's a little violent. It's extreme, <laughs> but, but it gets the point it, across, yeah, right? It does. It does. Yeah. Easy, easy to just, you know, blow it off. It's not my fault. Well, the coach doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. The, you know, my, the, you know, the, the setters, the best friend of the middle. Yeah, I've, I've just, got, I've had that oh, one yeah? in the past. Oh yeah. They just love setting me. Well, that's probably cause you're, you're a really good player. <laughs> like I've had the reason, like the reason why the setter doesn't set my child and I've had lots of, I mean, religious affiliation. I've heard that <laughs> friendships just, they're just not friends. So he won't, he won't set him or she won't set him. Yep. Um, all kinds of stuff. 
It's wild. It's crazy. And that's, that's a parent's perception usually. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's honestly comical. It's not my job, (laughs) right? It's not, wasn't my fault. Next one. Cover your tail. Yep. Always trying to. That's not accepting it. mm Mm-hmm. Finger pointing. This is probably the biggest one that we see. This one will, this one will absolutely sink any team. Yeah. The minute you start having point fingers pointed at others, like you need to do better. You know, and I, instead of I need to do better, the team's going to start to crumble. Yeah. It's crazy. I think one of my players did this to another player and it was fantastic how he did it. And it wasn't, you need to do better. It was, I know you can play better. I like that one. That And it's true. That's a this good is phrase. one of the, the, these players that like, yeah, has really high ceiling, has high, has high capabilities. And then it's like, he always does like B work. You know, I love that. And phrase, then after though. after this player did did that, it, it was he had the best tournament. It was, it was well, like, there you yeah. go. So I was like, oh, you did that right. But that player that that said the, it that way also came up to the coach and said, "How do I ask this? Or oh, how so, do I say this?" And it, all right. So we had a little bit of dialogue. Accountability. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Right. I enjoyed that. And this is fifteen year old kids or that's, fifteen or sixteen. That's great. Yeah ignore and deny is the next one. last one ignore and deny yep i'm just gonna ignore that any of this is happening or deny that i need work or yeah i'm gonna act like my errors aren't there mm-hmm. and i'm only gonna remember my kills or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's pretty incredible uh, the I, I mean that that the line of accountability i love the the visual of that you know where do you fall and that takes a that takes a certain amount of accountability to really evaluate yourself where do you fall and as a coach i try to evaluate where i'm at with that stuff like how am i communicating with my kids am i holding myself accountable did i do a good enough job yeah you know i mean did we lose that game because i i didn't prepare us well enough i mean lots of stuff like that goes through my mind and i hope i think most coaches do that i don't know i mean obviously ego is part of our sport our, our profession it's, it's part of life um, you can't be successful without an ego, right. but you also need to make sure that it's an ego that is healthy for mm-hmm. you and the people around you. Mm-hmm. Very tricky. Healthy ego stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost an oxymoron at times right. when you say it healthy, ego. Right. you know, it's, it's really hard, but I, I you're not going to find an elite level athlete that's performing super well. That doesn't have an ego or a coach for that matter. You just can't because they have to feel Larger than life. They have to. Uh, I just heard Sean McVay the other day. So, okay. Super Los Angeles yep. Rams head football coach, Super Bowl champion. And he was talking about how the offense, their offense is terrible. And, you know, we need, we need to do better. And then he goes, he basically then said, but I need everybody to hear what I'm saying. I'm in this too. I need to be better. Yeah. I, I need to improve. That's somebody who's taking his ego and pushing it to the side because he understands that if he's going to hold his, try to hold his players accountable, he's going to also have to do the same, right? We need to figure this thing out together. Yeah. Um, Monty Williams says that a lot too. He appears to, yeah. He yeah. appears to make everybody a part of what's happening. Yeah. And I love that. I, 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 lo- I love to see these teams that everybody feels like they're a part of what's happening whether they're playing or not. And I, and I think that's, well, and those are the special groups, the special groups. And I think those are also the special coaches who have the ability to make the 12th man keep, feel important. Yeah, that's so hard. Everybody engaged 12th or 15th with the last. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's hard. You know, like you're not going to play, but you matter. Yeah. 
Because they do. Otherwise, why would you have put them on the team? Exactly. They don't matter. What do you, what do you keeping that kid for? We would just have eight to 10 kids on a team or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go to battle with eight and hope no one gets hurt. Right. We've done that before. Well, yeah, it's, we it's, <laughs> we were this it's, close. It's, it's sticking. Dang it, spike and serve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had the right eight at we nationals yes, with, the, with that team for sure. But yeah, it's tough. This next one. Are there athletes that stick out? I probably should have thought of a good answer so I, we don't I sit have, here with silence. I have one that okay, like, go no for matter it. what, somebody. no matter what you gave feedback, no matter, no matter what you would say to her, she is, she is accepting. She understands. And it's going to be animorphs. Like that girl is she, I felt like she totally understood accountability and, and was very, as a player was very good at owning up to what she was good at and what mm-hmm. she wasn't. She yeah. comes to mind. Presley Anderson does too. Yeah. I Those two girls. Uh-huh. Uh, so I never coached Presley, but I, I did coach Neither Anna. Did and <laughs> Anna, um, the cool part about Anna and you're not wrong, but the, the best part about Anna was when I first started coaching that team, it was a gnarly volleyball team. I had to work pretty hard to win some of those girls over that first, that first season. And, but not her the minute. And, and I don't think she didn't care. What, she was raised, man. She, yeah. She, she was raised that way. She did not care where I came from. She didn't care what my background was. You were coach. She, you know, that this is our guy. And so I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and she was, she was great. And I, I don't disagree. I'm trying to think of, you know, some of my Dallin and Canyon Smith. They were I good. just kind of peeked over here and saw those, those two boys. Absolutely. They were good. They, they were in, they were always positive, always. Yes. Yes, sir. No, sir. Stuff. Um, I got to the point with them there where I didn't almost didn't even need to coach them because they were going to give us everything every time. And I didn't, I never doubted it, but at one, at any point I was like, Hey, I'm going to need you to do this. Okay. Um, and they, they wanted, they just wanted to keep getting better. Do you think the best athletes are ones that after a match or whatever will come up to you and be vulnerable about their, their play and being accountable for their play? mainly when they don't play well, like the, the athletes, best, the best athletes you're saying that, like the that. One, the, not, maybe not the best, but like the, the ones that you're like, yeah, you, you understand it. Those, That's, those are the ones I really enjoy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We the, enjoy those, those ones yeah, the most. The ones that um, understand when they don't play well. I do not enjoy the athletes that don't know when they don't play well, or they that go back to this one. They ignore deny. Right. I don't enjoy those athletes. They sulk. It's not my fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those. I don't think anybody enjoys those athletes. Those are the You're ones that right. are, <laughs> yeah. you know, like those are the ones that are the least accountable for sure. Yeah. And I think accountability, accountability is so interlinked with a uh, hypocrite. I hear I'm hearing some buzz action. Yeah. We got buzzing going on in the air. Producer produce. I'm not hearing anything. Oh, okay. oh it's gone now, I guess. <laughs> That was weird. No, I would say accountability is very intertwined with being a, a hypocrite. Uh huh. Like, like, a, can, a, a can per, you still hear that? A little I bit. Know, it's yeah, weird. I, we I got, don't know uh, what's going on. Sorry, here. everybody that's watching or listening. We uh, hopefully you don't hear it, and it's just know, that we right, hear it. It's just us. I'm not even hearing it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay, it's cool. Maybe it's just me and Will. Special us. All right. What? Sorry, I interrupted you, Will. Where are you at with that? What are you saying? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, let's see what else, uh, how, how do we, how do, this is probably the hardest question on here is how do we as coaches develop or create accountability? What do you think? 
No, I'll chime in anytime, buddy, because this is where this is going to get sticky for me anyway. I don't know that, it, that I, I don't know. Maybe it's hard to, to create. I don't know what to do with my hand all of a sudden. Maybe it's hard to create. I think every culture for every group is going to be very unique. But the idea of accountability is going to be the same. And what I mean by that is some groups are going to be very, very aggressive with how they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like, whoa, like, this, that might be a little too much. And then other groups are going to hold each other accountable in a very respectful way. And I think that's your range, like your, your range of like super aggressive and then super so are you just are you just allowing the team to develop that on their own? Well, I think you then need to make sure that your group is okay with that. If your group is okay with that kind of conversation and that kind of berating or aggressive tone that and they're all doing it, then that's just the culture that they have. Do I know if it's right or wrong? I don't know. But if it's what they're all doing and it's what they're all bought into, well, then we're good because that's exactly what culture is versus which is yeah, how do you create that? I think, that's, I, think that, I think that's just your personalities. I don't think you can control personalities, dude. I know, I, but I think right? you, like, I, th- I think you certainly can develop develop that culture. I mean, the personalities can fit within the culture, right? Like I think the personalities you create know, Bill, the culture. Bill Belichick doesn't doesn't get along with everybody, you know, and if you're not one of his type of guys, you're not going to play for the new England Patriots. Same thing with like a spur. Okay. So Greg Popovich, same idea, right? But so they've created this culture. They're not. So, I mean, they're going out and looking for people that fit the, the, the personality or, and it, you know, hit or miss like, Oh, well this kid, this guy didn't get it. And I have longevity there. Right. We got one year with sometimes with these kids. Yeah. Right. Less than, yeah. So how do, how is it that we develop or create the accountability within our own season whether regardless of how it's delivered how do you create that i think they need to know what accountability actually means in the sense of i love when you know a kid thinks they're holding someone else accountable like hey we need to serve in obviously guys obviously we need to serve in we play the game of volleyball what is it that you can do to actually help them like i i think that is something that i think about i i I think a lot of time kids say things or athletes say things, especially the athletes we coach because they're, they're younger and maybe a little more immature and they say things and you're like, yeah, no, no duh, dude. Like, <laughs> well, coaches say that stuff. Correct. Oh, correct. We, like, we got to serve the ball in. We, we yes, we do. Play yeah. better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this is, is a, this is a hard one because yeah, it's, I don't... it's so unique. Mm-hmm. It's so, I think it's, it depends on personalities. It depends on leadership but they need to make sure that accountability is making everyone around them better. And it's not, not the finger pointing. Accountability is not finger pointing. And I'll remember this podcast I listened to with John Spurra on it. And he said, accountability is not telling someone they suck or super negative. It's, it's the complete opposite. It's holding them to a higher standard. Kind of like the story that I said earlier. Right. That's what I think accountability is. But, once again, though, accountability, mm-hmm. it's to the eye, be the, the eye of the beholder. Noah, you got any thoughts on how to, how to develop or create accountability? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot over there. I mean, you, your brain's got to be going a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think one big thing is like, not necessarily it doesn't have to do a whole lot with accountability, but there has to be like a common goal that everybody's striving for. 
Yeah. Because, like, if you don't have a goal in mind, what are you holding yourself accountable to? I like that. Yeah, the standards so have, of what you're there, trying there to do. There has to be a goal. There has to be an end destination. And I know it's like, hey, focus on the process, the process, the process. Don't focus on the outcome. But you can't really have a process without an outcome well, in mind. Well, yeah, yeah, without somewhere where you want to go. No, that's huge. That That's probably the best contribution Noah's ever had to our show. He was ready. That was money. I love that. No, I mean, you have to have, you have to have where you're going. You have to have an end goal, right? So like we, you know, you mentioned we have to serve in. Well, if your team has a goal of serving 85% in and we're serving 75% in, you can hold them accountable you, and say this. Well, is not so good we're not good enough. I think the next step of accountability as a coach is, towards your players is then giving them either they come up with it on their own or not, right? Depending on your level of teaching and what you feel comfortable and their level of understanding and all that. I think at that point you then have to come up with, with things, specific things like Noah mentioned process, specific process things that then to can fix it. to fix it. Cause you can't just be like, well, guys, we're serving at a 75% clip. We wanted 80%, 85. We're not good enough be accountable, right? Yeah. I think then you have to say, okay, so how are we going to hold ourselves to a higher standard, right? How are we going to be accountable to get to 85? Well, when we get service reps in practice, we need to be focused. Okay. So then in, and again, these are, these are going to have to be conversations you have with your teams. I don't know that enough coaches have these conversations on a frequent enough basis. Maybe they do it. I'm just, I'm delusional because I need to have more of them. We need to be more focused when we get service touches in practice. So whatever those service touches look like, let's say I'm going to have 10 minutes today where we're just serving, practicing, just closed practice, like footwork, you know, hand placement, whatever, toss, all this stuff. Well, if that's, if, if you're going to need to be more focused, then I, as if I look over and you're not being focused on that service, I need to then be able to say to you, Hey, but let's focus on this next serve as a teammate. And then how do you need to act as a teammate? So I'm holding you accountable. And then the teammates accountability is being okay. That somebody Recept else said something yes. to you. You're receptive to that, that refocus of and accountability. And what do most athletes do when someone holds them accountable? Bro, leave me alone. Yeah. But, you're right. Like yeah, it's the yeah. below, they fall below the line. And then I'm, when I'm that focused. happens, deny I'm focused. Yeah. No, you focus better point finger. Yeah. Like you yeah. can see how those, how those traits come into play when kids try to hold each other accountable to whatever, whatever standard you put, right? Like that's the part I think that, and that's why leaders are hated too. Because some of like, them, yeah. Like th there is no one during playing with Kobe. It was like, I really enjoy this guy. <laughs> like he's, he's fantastic. Uh, dude, Kobe's a whole nother yeah, topic for another day. Because, right? It's because, because he was holding his teammates to the highest sure. standard, AKA his standard, right? <laughs> which no one was ever going to meet. Right. And they had to just follow because they knew it was Kobe. And that's what's really you know, hard is when you're teaching the kids how to hold each other accountable. It's it's not easy. And, I, you know, I think to, to the great teams that we've had, you know, you, the, if you're going to hold somebody accountable as a teammate, you have to be you have to a, be willing to have it be in reverse. And then you also have to be um, you also have to be constantly focused. Right. You can't take plays That's off. the hypocritical part you of things that I think yeah. about. God, these headphones are driving me crazy. My hair. I need to cut my hair. I think it's this your hair. This is a sign. Yep. This is a sign. Either wear a hat or cut it, right? 
Yeah. I think um, you should just <laughs> cut your hair, cut your beard, look totally different on for, tryout day. Oh, wow. If you're like, whoa, who, who is, is this guy? guy? <laughs> um, yeah, this is that. I, I think that's going to be how we create more accountability is you have to. And well, it has to be thank constant. goodness Noah focused us a little bit over there, right? You have yeah. to have a goal and then you have to have constant conversations about what it, what accountability and specific processes is, is needed to get there. Um, and I talk to my, my teams a lot about being, being a good teammate and that's the accountability part. Like I can have somebody say, I need you to focus on this point right here. I need you to be better right here and being okay with that. And that's, that's when you see those great teams really come together. And then, you know, the last question we wrote down here on our show sheet is, does it really turn into wins and success? I think absolutely it does. Not always, truthfully, because sometimes the other team is better, but it's, it's about how you do it. I think that's the thing. So it's, wins and success, we've, we've had this conversation, yeah, two different hey, things. Wins, sure. success, wins is the actual result. Success is kind of how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can have the greatest culture, the greatest everything, and the other team can just be better than you. And that actually really sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> like you did everything well, right. Sports. It is part of sports. You know? that, that, um, I think it's when your team understands that accountability only makes the standards higher. That's when cool things really start to happen, but they need to make sure they do it right. And that's so hard mm-hmm. because they're going to mess up along the way and you need to be okay with them messing up. And then you need to be okay with them saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, but you can't be afraid to talk to them about it and how to do it better. And that goes for coaches as well. Maybe sometimes I hold a kid accountable and it did not work. Right. <laughs> yeah. It did not it, work. It, it okay. Backfired. Uh, all right. I need to have a conversation with that kid afterwards to make sure that he knows I was coming from the right place. But now I need to make sure then that next time that I do it, I'd phrase it in a different way. I do it a different way. Or maybe after that conversation, he and I are on the same page. Right. So it's, we're good, but got to have the conversation. You don't want to do the, the wait and see thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how it goes both ways there for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, parents you got anything for parents? I love the parent stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, moms and dads, um, the biggest advice I can give you is to just be honest with yourself and with your kid. Um, it's so, it's so easy to just fall below the accountability line as a parent, you know, because you want your kid to feel, feel good. Yep. Um, and, and so, and I don't, I'm trying to think back of my, with my three kids and, if I've ever fallen below the line of accountability, and I'm sure I have at times fortunate for them and me, I've been able to shield them a little bit from that as, as their coach. And, you know, I can, I can certainly give them the tools to, to combat that. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I think I'm harder on them, them than I am on any of my other players, but um, moms and dads, like, you know, your, your, your friends are going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, the people on the team that you, tr- that you think you trust aren't, aren't going to tell you the truth. You know, they won't hold you accountable or themselves or anybody else because everybody just wants their kid 
to be okay, to be the star, to be happy, to play in, all of in that stuff. Life, you're not constantly happy. Athletics, you're not sure. constantly happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. I don't want parents to misunderstand that. Like, well, I mean, Coach Tolman doesn't want my kid to be happy. No, that's not true. We want all of our kids to be happy. But be ready. <laughs> but it, you're going to have moments where it's yep. really, really hard. And Absolutely. I'd like to go back. You know, when I first started my athletic journey back in the 90s, when I was five foot seven, maybe eight you know, 108 pounds or whatever it was. I'd like to go back all into those conversations uh, that I had with my mom or my dad in the car ride home, Get the car at, ride home after practice, after games, when I did a big deal, that car ride home play. is so important because it's right after the event. It's yeah. right after success. It's right after failure. Right. It's right after it's tough. maybe it was neutral. Uh -huh. like that is such an important and, car and, ride. And I don't remember much about what they said. I mean, I'm sure that there were some good lessons learned and I, I don't think my parents were delusional about my, my abilities by any means. Um, I just, am curious kind of how they shaped me with some of the stuff they said, I, like car rides with Garrick. I mean, my middle child, I don't know if you can see him on the screen or not. He's, you know, in college now, like he and I have had car rides home. We're silent. Yeah. Just Nothing wrong with that. And I get in the car with him and say, hey, but are we talking about this one or not? And he'll be like, I'm not ready. <laughs> there you go. Silent. But I've, the, oh, the oldest, to, you, you forced to my, him. to my, your right, my right, your yeah, left. Yep. Uh, I didn't force him. He just oh, didn't he, want a quiet car. Okay. Dax never, it, like it was, it was coming out and Noah coaches Dax now. He probably nod his head over there and be like, yep, sounds about right. It's coming out no matter what, like I'm, this is how I feel and I'm going to make sure everybody knows about it. And I'm, I'm a lot that way. So Dax and I kind of clashed a little bit with that. So it's interesting is, you know, parenting, you got to learn how to navigate that and help your kids to figure out what works for them, what works for them. And then, and then to hold them accountable. It's not always the coach's fault. No, you know, it's not it's always not. <laughs> coaches and all, cause this is the one thing I do know about coaching. And maybe, maybe there's coaches out there that don't fall under this category. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you're to say here. There's no coach likes to lose. Really? I know parents think it, oh, he, he doesn't care about winning. Well, I mean, listen, like winning might not be number one all the time because we need to develop kids and things like that, whatever. But we could certainly have a whole nother topic for another day on that. But like no coach shows up like, yeah, let's go. Oh, and whatever. Oh, and today. Yeah. You know, like this is fun. We're going to play four matches today and I don't want to win any of them. Yeah. So I'm just going to roll whatever lineup out there and good freaking luck, boys or girls or who, you know, whatever. I, there's not a coach in America who likes to lose. Yeah. Right. But there's, there's certain parts of our job that require us to, to play other players. Like you can, if I roll the same six out there, it's not going to do us any good. What if a kid hurts himself? Yeah. We got to be all ready of a sudden for it. I got a kid who's never played, has no idea what he's doing. I'm going to throw him in there. Yeah. And people just don't understand that. This isn't what we do as prep, prep youth coaches. This is not the NBA. This is not the Olympics. This is not professional sports. So mom and dad, stop watching even collegiate sports. Stop watching the major stuff happening on TV. When you see the same line, like the, oh, we're going to watch, we're going to watch the Suns tonight. They roll out the same rotation every night. Yeah. Unless the injury. Yeah. Same 10 ish guys play every night. Right. And there's four or five or whatever on the bench that don't see the court. Stop watching that because yeah. if we were to do that and try to win every game, we would have. Kids we we would never, have hate kids who hate the sport who, and, and they would never develop. They would never have a chance. And uh, me personally, I was one of those kids who 
developed through the years. I was a late bloomer. And so if somebody had given up and coaches gave up on me for sure. If I hadn't kept at it, who knows, right? I might not have ever had that opportunity. We can't give up on these kids by just saying, oh, good luck, buddy. You're down on the end. Mm -hmm. You got to find a role for them. But, and that's the accountability part for parents. You got to understand that this, this is the process, but coaches want to win, man. Like, hello, you play to win the game, right? Right, Herm, (laughs) you know? So anyway, I, I love this, this conversation. I think it's one that we should have more often with not only our, our athletes, but other coaches, parents, that kind of thing. Um, you know, don't forget to hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable first and then others, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for watching uh, and listening to Pin to Pin, the volleyball podcast. You're going to follow us on social media at uh, Pin to Pin YouTube. Instagram is uh, Pin the number two pin. Oh, that's that's mm-hmm. right. Huh? Yep, okay. On Instagram. And then wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple, we're all on all those. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from we you. We love your comments. Absolutely. They help drive our show for sure. Um, and uh, we will see you next time. Peace.